Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Crossview Church Online. We're so thankful that you're here joining us this morning. Today, we're going to continue in our series uh, on the book of Daniel, and we're going to continue to see how it teaches us what it looks like to have steady faith in difficult times. You know, recently, I've been reading a lot about the mental and emotional effects that the pandemic and other aspects of our cultural tensions uh, that, that we're facing right now have had on us. It is a difficult time for all of us right now, and the truth is that things aren't likely to subside quickly. In fact, one of our Washington state health officials this last week wrote that nobody is immune from the tremendous stress that we're all experiencing. That's how they put it. So this morning, as we look at Daniel chapter 3, I want to encourage us toward a particular pattern, a practice, a habit that will help us in this difficult time. In fact, we're going to call this the habit of hope. Often, what happens in difficult times is that humanity, in a very general way, has a tendency toward despair and hopelessness. And this certainly was the case in Daniel chapter 3 as, uh, as we look at this book. But, you know, as followers of Jesus, even when we face the worst, we have something to hold on to, someone to trust in and hope to find, even in the midst of the most difficult moments of life. Last week, Pastor Holly so clearly taught on Daniel's response to what was an overwhelming crisis. She mentioned that when we face crisis, we will do what our habits and our practices have shaped us to do. That faith is a matter of actions as much as belief. And I want to expand on that idea of habits that form faith and help in difficult times as we look at the book of Daniel this morning. We're going to see how Daniel and his friends put into practice this habit of hope. So I just want to start by uh, setting the stage in chapter 3. In chapter 3, it begins as King Nebuchadnezzar, in all of his wealth, in his power, in his might, in all of his arrogance, builds this massive statue to his own greatness. In Daniel chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, it says this. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to all the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue that he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So let's put this in perspective. This statue is 90 feet tall, made of gold. It's, it's as far as most scholars know, it's in a main gathering place where lots of people can see it. And once it's finished, he calls all the important officials from every level of government, uh, from all over the country, to this big reveal party. He hires the best orchestra in the land. And once it's all set up perfectly, he has a herald call out, starting in verse 4. People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. In the next few verses, we read that at the sound of the musical instruments, everybody gathered, bowed to the ground, and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. 
Just imagine this. What a crazy scene. And, and here we, such, we see such an incredible display of political power and military authority, enormous wealth. Uh, and then there's the threat of death. There's no question that Nebuchadnezzar was the man and anyone and everyone would feel powerless after this type of display. You know, often when we face difficult circumstances, when we stand in the face of something enormous that we can't control or even that we can't understand, we're tempted to become over, overwhelmed, uh, to, to be overcome by the situation. We naturally are tempted towards despair. That is, to give up hope that anyone or anything can make a difference against the difficult reality or situation that we face. You know, we can get to the point where it seems like we're standing in front of a 90-foot golden statue that represents a power that seems greater than anything that we've ever faced before. And maybe that's how you feel in these days, these very trying and difficult days. Uh, not only do we face this global pandemic, but we feel pulled by so many different forces that, and, and, and things that seem so powerful and unstoppable. Sometimes you're not sure what to believe, and we can be left feeling confused, troubled, angry, uncertain, and even despairing. And if that's you, then you're in good company with Daniel. Because as the story continues, the music plays, and it says that everyone begins to bow down and worship this golden statue. Now try to empathize. Put yourself in the situation with Daniel and his friends at this point. Maybe you're familiar with that moment, moment of panic when, when you have to decide what to do, when you're faced with what feels like a fight or flight situation. At first, this whole thing seems like a success for Nebuchadnezzar. You can imagine the king just reveling in the glory of this moment as everyone just begins to bow down and worship. And then just imagine, you see someone maybe running from the back toward the front that's just yelling, hey, your majesty, look, look at those guys. Maybe near the back of the group there, Daniel and his friends stand. They're not bowing down to the statue and they're not worshiping the, the king. And as far as we know, they are the only ones still on their feet. Maybe you can imagine, you hear this collective gasp and it's immediately pointed out that these aren't just anyone, that these are Jews that were taken as servants, but that they are, they're also known because that at this point, the scripture tells us that they oversee the province of Babylon. Wow, how is it that Daniel and his friends are standing in defiance of this overwhelming situation, this incredible difficulty? And if you, if you want to know how to stand up in the midst of difficult times, pay attention to what happens next. One uh, of the main themes that we see throughout all of Daniel is the juxtaposition of worldly powers as represented by the, in these early chapters by King Nebuchadnezzar compared with the one true mighty and powerful God. This continues throughout the book of Daniel. We see this in other places in scripture as well. And in fact, we even see it in our world today. And that is proud kings who exalt themselves over God. That is until God brings an end to their kingdom. Over and over again, God wins the day. Daniel and his friends have story after story passed down uh, of God's faithfulness throughout their history. And in the first several chapters of this book, Daniel and his friends see God's faithfulness time and time again as they trust not in Babylon or in King Nebuchadnezzar, but in God, in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of our God. 
Daniel and his friends are able to have a stable faith in the most difficult of situations because they practice this relentless habit of hope in the only one who always comes through. That is the foundation of this habit of hope that we, and we see it in scripture, we experience it in our own lives, God's faithfulness over and over again, that he never tires, he never gives up on us. He could handle our continued dependence on his faithfulness because that's how he's created created it to work no matter what. A key to developing a habit of hope is to see the pattern of God's faithfulness. Did you know that there's a name for being able to recognize obscure pieces of information or patterns? It's called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. And it refers to what is uh, almost a universal experience when you come up upon some piece of information, often an unfamiliar word or name, and soon afterwards you begin to encounter that same subject again and again. We've all experienced this, I think. The reason for this is that our brains have an inclination for patterns. From our earliest days as children, our brains have been undergoing a process of hardwiring patterns so that we can learn how to deal more efficiently with common experiences and that we can react without having to give it much thought. It's, it's like taking a mental shortcut. And since we're so good at recognizing patterns, we take special notice when they occur. It becomes information that kind of cuts to the front of the line in our awareness, and it causes us to notice things that have been there all along. And because uh, patterns and and habits, uh, patterns are habit forming, the more that we're exposed to certain patterns, certain things, the more likely we are to notice them in other types of contexts. Daniel and his friends are able to recognize the pattern of God's faithfulness, so it creates a pattern in their own life, a habit of hope. I'm hoping you're seeing how powerful this is. Scripture drives this home. The book of Daniel drives this home, that we as people of God need to become aware of the patterns of God's presence and activity in our lives and in our world. We need to be able to see prevailing rhythms of redemption, that is God's activity in this world, then we can more easily create this habit of hope. Yes, we need to actually develop physical, practical, take time out of your day practices that sustain our ability to see these rhythms of redemption and therefore keep hope alive. Daniel and his friends were literally able to stand up against despair. They stood in defiance of Nebuchadnezzar. They rejected the idea that God was defeated or even that God uh, was done with what was happening. They were able to recognize ongoing patterns of rhythms of God's redemption. How about you this morning? As followers of Jesus, we believe in and practice this relentless habit of hope. No matter how bad things seem to get, God is still at work and he is not done. In fact, uh, the staff and I this last week were talking about uh, the best ways that we could share stories of what God has done in our church over the past months. There have been incredible things that God has done, even when we aren't able to gather together in the way that we used to. We get the benefit of seeing from a bird's eye view, but God has done incredible things. You know, another element that Daniel and his friends show us, and therefore another reason for building a habit of hope, uh, is the, that the difficulties that they faced 
uh, even it, even though it felt completely overwhelming, the difficulties were only of this world. In other words, this crisis had no power over them because they were family members of the one true God. And this is so key for us to understand as well. Daniel 3, uh, verse 13 through 15. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue that I set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I've made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? The gloves were off. In his rage, it says, the king let slip what really lay behind this whole ceremony. He did not say, if you'll notice, he did not say, who is the God who will deliver you out of the hands of my God? No, he said, who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? The golden image was a representation of Nebuchadnezzar himself. After all, the text repeatedly points out that Nebuchadnezzar himself had set this whole thing up. It was Nebuchadnezzar's power and only Nebuchadnezzar's power that the three men had challenged. Part of the practice of the habit of hope is to realize that much of what we face in this world today uh, is of this world and nothing compares with the power and the might of the God who calls us his children. And what Daniel and his friends say next is, in my opinion, one of the most powerful statements in all of scripture. We find it in Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. And it says this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we served is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. This is our verbal statement of the only perspective that you and I should have in this world. O king, they say whether uh, or not God delivers us miraculously or whether we die in this furnace, we will be delivered from you. There's no comparison. There's no competition. The God of all things and Nebuchadnezzar are just not on the same level. This helps us as we build this perspective, this habit of hope. Nebuchadnezzar in all his glory and his display of power and might has no power. Please hear me this morning. The things that we're facing today need to be put into this context. The power of the habit of hope is significant because it helps us hold up a mirror to the things of this world and shows them to be powerless next to the God that we serve. Now, that's not to say that things are not difficult in our experience, and I don't want to diminish that. Daniel and his friends probably certainly had some significant emotional turmoil and significant fear for their lives. Life isn't easy, but the perspective that will get us through is around the hope that we have that there's nothing that compares to the power of God. The reality of the gospel is um, that when we come to Jesus, we die to ourselves, we die to pride, our selfish ambition, our self-centeredness. We worship a crucified Savior with a trance who transformed 
the ultimate defeat, death, into the ultimate victory. Even in the story of the book of Daniel, long before Jesus, God is turning death into life. Jesus' road wasn't easy either, we know that, but there's only one who can help us overcome. There's only one who can get us through, and ultimately, in this life, there's nothing that can compare. The end of the story goes like this in Daniel chapter 3, 19 through 28. We're going to read the whole thing together. He, Nebuchadnezzar, ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that were tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, your majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar uh, then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. The robes were not scorched, and there was even no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and rescued his servants. Isn't that an amazing end to the story? Isaiah 43 verse 2 says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. We have so much reason to practice a habit of hope. Daniel and his friends are examples of faith and God's deliverance of them, I think, was written, uh, as it says in Romans 15, 4, for our instruction and uh, through endurance and through the encouragement of Scripture that we might have hope. So in order to have a steady faith in difficult times, it's vital for us to practice the habit of hope, to see God's ongoing rhythms of redemption all around us, even in these most difficult times. We need to develop actual, physical, practical, take time out of your day practices that will sustain our ability to see those rhythms of redemption and help us keep hope alive. So my encouragement to you this week is to take a look at your daily practice and your heart's condition. Do you have time set aside uh, to practice these things, to see our hope in God grow? There's a no one and nothing else like our God. Amen. So let's create this time and practice this, be relentless in our practice of the habit of hope because of the the faithfulness of our God that we've seen for generations through time and time and the story of scripture. Let's pray together.
Heavenly Father, we just ask that you help us in these difficult days where we might tend toward despair, that you help us as followers of you to practice a relentless habit of hope, to be able to recognize the rhythms of redemption that are happening all around us, that we be people who lean into that. Help us create space and time in our lives so that we can actually practice these, uh, these real practical time-consuming uh, practices that, that help build a foundation of hope. And above all, may we have the eyes to see and recognize things in this world as they compare with you, that nothing compares with you. Nothing compares with your power and your might. And so help us uh, lean into that and recognize how much we, ha we have in you. God, help us be able to see and remember your faithfulness through generations, time and time again, through the stories of scripture, through even our own experiences, as you guide us and lead us forward from this day into a new day, a new week, a new month, a new season of life. And we just commit to be people who relentlessly practice a habit of hope because we know you. We love you and we praise you. In your name we pray, amen.